0: Welcome to the Viktor Frankl Meaning Academy. We are your hosts of the Meaning Academy podcast, Dr. Daniel Franz and Dr. Baruch Halevi. In this podcast, we explore the insights and inspiration of Dr. Viktor Frankl and all things meaning, purpose, and resilience. Thanks for joining us. And now let's begin our search for meaning.
1: Welcome to the Victor Frankl Meaning Academy podcast. I am Dr. Daniel A. Franz back again with my good friend and rock on tour, Dr. Baruch B. Levy talking about all things meaning, existential analysis. I actually had a, a 22 year old going through an existential crisis in my office yesterday it was outstanding. A lot of fun there, but uh, we, we, we can get to that point. Um, right, you're giggling, be like a 22 year old cannot experience an existential analysis. I, I, I don't
0: I know. know, I just think only a logo therapist would say it was outstanding or whatever. Uh, and, and and I warned the people I work
1: with like, um, this might be terrible for you, but I get really excited, uh, when people, when groups, when organizations, when businesses are caught in that liminal space of what Dr. Frankel calls becoming right? I know where I am now. I'm uncomfortable there. I know there's something better for me. I know I have to change to get there. I just don't know what the hell to do. I'm like, yes, we get to do some work, man. And, uh, you know, much like uh, our friend, Dr. Elise, who looks at me with that cross-eyed look when I bring that up, uh, most most of the individuals I work with say, what, what's wrong with you?
0: It's true. I mean, there's also an Enneagram component. I know, you know, you're not a big time Enneagram guy, but you, you and I are both Enneagram eights and we like firefighting right probably could have been a firefighter in another life and so this is an existential firefight right you gotta Mm -hmm. charge into the burning building and you know put this out and so I, i have the hard time you know with clients when it's just status quo right that's when i tend to say hey you know like let's let's let me set something on fire <laughs> uh, I'm an existential arsonist. <laughs>
1: Dude, that's that's there. There's a, a logo arsonist. <laughs> logo arsonist.
0: Yeah, it's like, you know, you're gonna die, right? Like we're all gonna die. Like that's you know, let's set this thing on fire and get into it.
1: That's exactly where we were yesterday with this gentleman, like, you know, coming into this realization, which is developmentally appropriate at that age, right? Maybe for some of us, the first time we start to. We know Dr. Frankel being a a protege, you know, started wondering about death as a seven-year-old, I believe he writes. But many of us, as we come into our 20s, there are reasons to face our own mortality. And we start to recognize like, oh, dang, I'm not invincible. I am going to die. And again, that's, you know, kind of creepy how much that excites me to talk to people about that. Like, yeah, we're all terminal. None of us get out of this alive. What do you want to do about it? Let's do something amazing with it.
0: So I know we were talking before about a potential direction um, we were going to go, but I, I say we pivot and I say we go down this path of um, Carl Jung, a contemporary of sorts of um, Dr. Frankel. And I think in some ways they're yin and yang and we need both of them, right? Jung was much more of a depth psychologist going deep into our inner workings inner psyche some of this existential stuff whereas frankel i think described i know described himself as a height psychologist sort of going up and looking out at the world in a more expansive way And we got to go inwards we got to go outwards right we need both of these would you agree with that is that a fair statement
1: oh absolutely and you know what a history nerd i am when it comes to the history of, of these different psychologists and theorists i mean when you talk about opposites height and depth we also have to look at uh franco coming from a medical background neurologist psychiatrist all this amazing education and training and jung if i remember correctly a wee bit of a gypsy kind of a you know not as as learned but definitely more philosophical i mean some of the stuff he came up with in our archetypes and all this is, is fascinating to study
0: and so you know where i come to that conversation for us right now is I I do believe he's right. He says this famous quote. um, I'm just going to read this passage. Maybe we'll want to jump off into it, but wholly unprepared. We come, we embark upon the second half of life, Mm. right? Are, Are there colleges for 40 year olds, which prepare them for their coming life and its demands as ordinary colleges introduce our young people to the knowledge of world and life. No, he answers his own question. There are none. Thoroughly unprepared, we take a step into the afternoon of life. Worse still, we take this step with false presupposition that our truths and ideas will serve as they have hitherto. But we cannot live the afternoon of life according to the programs of life's morning. For what was great in the morning will be little at evening, and what in the morning was true will at evening have become a lie. And I love this because it says, essentially, 40 years old, you make the shift from the morning of life to the afternoon of life, and nobody talks about it. Nobody prepares us. We don't know the goals. We don't know the rules. So what do we do? We live by the old goals and the old rules, the morning of life. And although they serve us in the morning, my experience, and more importantly, Jung's is they fail us in the afternoon. What do you think about that? (laughs) B
1: if you spend your days reading this stuff no wonder you have about as much hair as i do because i can see how these ideas would just light your head on fire
0: fire. a
1: college for 40 year olds Uh, as soon as i heard that well first i got a little stuck i'm like yes we need that that's what the victor frankel meaning academy is all about is trying to bring men and women in you know of that age through that idea of what doesn't work in our 20s or what does work in our 20s what works in our 20s growth acquisition career orientation hopefully family orientation Mm -hmm. but work 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 and pursue whereas after a certain point if we're still pursuing chasing um these these big this goal orientation what does that turn into very often and we've talked about it many times before we see these people in that midlife crisis i don't have enough therefore i'm gonna go acquire more i'm gonna i'm gonna acquire a better wife i'm gonna go acquire a, a, a fancier car another house and if we have that college for 40 year olds to talk about that doesn't work what works now is is giving back, is generativity, is 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 doing things, is self-transcendence. Ah oh, man, we need to cover that in the Victor Frankel Meeting Academy.
0: We we definitely do and we are. And you know, we had this conversation a couple of podcasts ago, but this is to me is a continuation of it because it isn't saying that the morning of life is wrong. It's necessary. It serves a purpose. You know, it's a doing, it's a it's an energetic movement, it's a forward progress. Mm-hmm. And we need that. The challenge is, and I love this about you know Jung's quote, is that what worked in the morning doesn't work in the afternoon because the the players change, right? It's like when you see um, one of these great quarterbacks, as an example, who's. You know, they're still in the game, but they have to change their game if they're going to be playing In you know, like Aaron uh, Aaron Rodgers, who unfortunately is now done.
1: Yeah, he ain't got no game now.
0: He ain't got no game, but even the beginning of the season or at least the first game or at least the first play. No.
1: Four, <laughs> plays. Four, four plays. Four
0: plays. He, he had admitted he had changed his game. It's not the same mm-hmm. Aaron Rodgers as you saw 10 years ago. But that's what kept kept him in the game or a tom brady or whatever because these are self-aware people who understand you can't play the same game and in the afternoon of life Mm -hmm. and that's what makes partially what makes them great
1: well i think that's largely what sustains them keeps them going right um interesting we uh you and i were chatting about you know different workouts prior to uh prior to hitting the record button and the workouts that uh, worked for us ten or twenty years ago certainly don't work anymore now without the, uh, without severe injury or or you know uh, other terrible things, um, but that goes for life as well. What we did in our twenties doesn't work in our forties and fifties, and it shouldn't. We need to pivot. We need to make a change to be healthier, to be whole.
0: But how do you you know how do you you don't figure this out without mentoring, without elders, without wisdom traditions, without the Viktor Frankl Meaning Academy, right? Which is why I think why I know why we have formed this, because we want a formal place, a gathering place that has these conversations drawing upon best practice, wisdom traditions, like-minded seekers coming together to say, what are the afternoon goals? And rules. What's the game and how do I play it? Where do you have that conversation? That's the question that we've been asking.
1: Well, again, to continue to pat ourselves on the back in the near future, you can have it at the Victor Frankel Meaning Academy. Um, you know, complete with you. Since it's going to be a college for 40 and 50 year olds, I believe we should have some Letterman jackets for our esports teams and look at some scholarship athletics for the Victor Frankel Meaning Academy. But um, in all seriousness, you know you ask the question where do you go for this and modern psychology and philosophy both suggest we are failing in that we do not have places for people to understand those transitions in life or to go to
0: that's true um i suggest we for our merch we don't do letterman jackets we do cardigan sweaters
1: oh the sway <laughs> <laughs> Ten minutes in, and
0: it's. Oh, I was just waiting. I was just waiting for the, the right uh, setup, and that was it. That was all you. Because no B, go ahead finish. Because finish that's a, that's right. an afternoon of life uh, wardrobe, right? And so it's perfectly fitting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Some would consider this is the uh, the end of life wardrobe. <laughs> it looks that. good, actually. It's got a nice little Aztec theme going on there. It looks pretty cool. Ah, no
1: B uh true fans will hop on the YouTube channel and tell me. Where this sweater comes from because this is a notoriously famous sweater from about I'm gonna say 25 years ago. Most of my uh, Close associates and friends know where this came from. I will tell you uh, a friend that shares this the mutual respect for this individual um, His mother actually handmade
0: this sweater for me. So it really is a cherished it's just, it's, it's but, I mean, it's no Fred Rogers sweater for sure
1: Oh God! Again, I've been accused of having too many Fred Rogers uh, at an, uh, in the morning of my life. I was accused of having Fred Rogers sweaters, so I had to do away <laughs> with that. Um, anyway, hop on the YouTube channel. Go ahead and tell B or I where this uh, sweater comes from, and then, you know we, we will send you a uh, Meanie Academy sticker set. Well,
0: we <laughs> where have the our, heck we have were we
1: going on. before you digressed into sweater commentary, <laughs>
0: my friend? Yes. So afternoon of life, new rules, new goals, new places to have these conversations. I mean, this was the purview of religious organizations and institutions, and maybe it still is. Certainly the ones that I have been a part of haven't been necessarily having these conversations in in an explicit way. And so I want to have, you know, we want to have these explicit conversations about the afternoon of life. But also most of the people listening to this are probably unchurched, unsynagogued disconnected from those old rhythms and ways.
1: And and I'll offer this. Um, I, I know I've commented recently. I've been finishing up the book Drunk by Edward Slingerman, Slingerland Lind, um, about the history of, of alcohol and civilization and other substances. And one of the things he brings up is one of the other places other than churches and synagogues where we would meet for this college for 40-year-olds would used to be the local pub. Mm. Um, before well okay so let me clarify the local pub where we would drink small amounts of alcohol a pint or two of low grade four or five percent alcohol um drinks and have conversation have connection mm-hmm. um the pub was often located in the central part of the community so we would come talk about community events what's going on how's work how are how is your life going so we have the church. For more of a dogmatic socialization and the pub for a relaxed social um kind of connection. But then came distillation and isolation, where we went from four percent alcohol to 10%, 15%, 40% alcohol by volume in our drinks. And then we also isolated. We didn't go to a central location to gather and, and to chat. As you've heard me say, I was just invited again. Well, somebody the running man invited himself up for some uh, for some barn time coming up here right that's our pub every once in a while but I would I would contest I I don't even have a place to go like that other than my good friend being in the Victor Franklin meaning Academy
0: well I do think it's also a particular particularly masculine or male problem um, I think women yeah. have retained the ability to create their little pub coffee whatever you know they they're, they're Medium is to get together in ways that men just haven't. You know, we like to talk about the sort of the equality of the world we live in, the egalitarian nature. But I think in some ways it's still out of whack, and I see it around men in an absence of intimate um, friend connections, communication, and that's one of the reasons why I'm so passionate about our men's groups that we're developing. I'm running a, a pilot here in Denver, men's search for meaning, because. Although it's men and women in search for meaning at the Meaning Academy, I think you'll agree with me, we see a particular void in the lives of men.
1: Absolutely, and and the research concurs with that. Going as far back, you know, modern research being in the 1990s uh, through one of the great books, both you and I have talked about, King, Warrior, Magician, Lover, based on the Jungian archetypes, talks about, we we don't have uh, initiation rites as men anymore. We don't have the connection We once had, and we still firmly need, I I think the great author, uh, Richard Rohr talks about this quite often that men, we've either denied ourselves or been taught to deny that need for connection. And we become shallow representations of what we could and should be, especially in the afternoon of life. It's easy to go in the morning of life and, and, and work and push and go and strive and acquire and then we reach a point where it's like, okay, we, we've got enough. We've done enough. Now what? And we, if, if we don't have these archetypes, king, warrior, magician, lover, what we can be, if we don't have mentors, if we don't have other men around us to push us, one of one of the groups I'm a part of uh, through, well, unfortunately we haven't met since COVID. Now that I think about it, um, a men's group, we would always talk about the idea. I think this is a biblical idea. You can call me on this, but iron sharpens iron, right? that the the idea that you know there needs to be you need something else to cause friction in your life to push you to sharpen you as a man as a human as a husband wife father mother
0: and nothing against your people but golfers Just the way he used my, I, you know, I was so wondering where you were going to go. Like, that literally took a half
1: hour of my time for, like, all right, where's he going to go with my people? I mean, bald people? Okay, we're both together. Your your
0: tribe, your tribe of, um, your clansmen of, um, of golfers, whatever. By clansmen,
1: you mean Scottish. I just want to (laughs)
0: clarify. Um, and, you can have these conversations indirectly on a golf course or bowling or poker or pick your whatever, but they're indirect. They're happenstance as opposed to consciously designating a place, a space for this. And that changes the nature of this. When you have a group of men in particular, I see it with my men's groups um, in men's search for meaning. This is designated no bullshit space, space where we drop the pretenses. We, we check all that at the door. You know, it's not about all the tangentials where we're competing. This is a non-competitive space. If it's competitive, it's with ourselves, not with each other. And I just think that that, that's a big difference. So if you're a man listening and you're having these conversations indirectly, that's great. I think you can go to the next level by having them intentionally.
1: Yeah. And I would say one way to measure that, if you're sitting there scratching your head, like I am going to say, what the hell is B talking about? Intentional versus... There's an easy way to discern this. And I was just telling another, I think it was a couple this week. Um, If you are both facing the same direction, if it's a windshield, a screen, and a golf cart looking out, it's not intentional. You might be having a great conversation but what makes it intentional, what makes it truly connected is being able to look somebody in the eye to right. to feel their presence, to be with them, to truly, uh, as Frankl says, to, to understand them in their humanity. Yeah. That is intentional. And I think that's what many men miss. They miss it in their marriages. They miss it in parenting. And they certainly God forbid we miss it in our relationships with other men, being able to look another man in the eye and say, man, I really respect you, or I appreciate you, or man, you're really screwing up in life and need to change direction.
0: Or the ultimate of um, eye to eye contact. I love you. Like, I really, Mm -hmm. truly love you. And so, you know, for a lot of men, it's almost like, oh, I can even feel like choking up on that statement. And you're right, like we've talked about this before, but it's ancient, it's primal, you know, men hunting side by side, men, um, you know, working in a factory side by side, men at a bar, you know, the pub bonding over a pint side by side or watching something on the television or mm-hmm. at a sports game or golfing. And you're right. And, you know, studies have been shown that when women get together, it's face to face, you know, ancient uh, in the ancient times or pre. You know, long ago it was gathering berries and talking and we're sewing circles and now it's coffee or, you know, it's, it's, it's organic. It's natural to most women. And it's got something we got to, we got to work for as a man.
1: So B, you can tell another man, you love him and feel comfortable in your, in, in your manliness about that.
0: Well, I do love you. I love you too, brother. That's
1: true. <laughs> um, no, I, you make an interesting point. Um, and, and, and I can definitely personally relate to this because there was a time in life. And I, and I think for me and, and, and my peer group locally, um, it was when we started to experience loss. When the first guy lost his father, um, we, we became aware of this. Like, well, you know, it, going back to that 22 year old gentleman I was dealing with in his existential crisis. We that really hits us that, wow, we're finite. And there's so much men are not taught about that. We're not taught about our emotions that it takes a crisis to come to this point of saying, wow, I really do care about you. I love you. I appreciate you. I enjoy what you bring to my life. Thank you, man. Wouldn't it be amazing if we had a college for 40 year olds where we could teach this. Before that crisis happens, before the loss of a parent, before the divorce, before the sports car, before the affair with the, the sexy new secretary, darn, we could really impact each other's lives if we could just simply learn those three words um, and how to express them.
0: Except the challenges, and I've seen it a thousand times, I've experienced it myself too. It's, um, you know, the the famous statement from the Bible. In Hebrew, it's ahav talarecha kamocha In English, we translate that as to love your fellow as yourself. But that presupposes you love yourself. And that presupposes you can look yourself in the eyes. And here's the litmus test. I ask guys in particular to go to the mirror at, our, at the start of our work together, look at yourself in the eyes and say, I love you. I respect you. And a lot of guys haven't been able to do that. Like w- w- my good friend Scott, and he's he's open about it. That was one of the first conversations we had and he said he could not do that. So how are you gonna say that to anybody else if you can't say it to yourself?
1: Yes, uh, you're referring to Scott, our meaning mentor at the uh, Victor Franco Meaning Academy. That I, I've, And I've heard that story and I love that story from him because it's such a beautiful story of transformation. Um, and and B, I, I, I don't recall, I know you were an instrumental part of that transformation. What was it for him that allowed him to go? from from not being able to do that, to being able to do that.
0: You know, I can't really say what allowed him other than, you know, courage and all these wonderful qualities that he has, but I can tell you the trigger event that brought us back together. We've been, we have been friends for over 30 years. We were in college together. Um, met him my first day of college right across the hall from me in my dorm. Um, we were in the uh, same fraternity. And then our um, good friend, my best friend and a good friend of his died Four years ago, at this point, and we yeah. were both reunited. We had lost touch for at least twenty years, um, at a, at his funeral, and so and he'll say and and I agree that that was probably a trigger event for him to be able to start to do this work. It didn't happen right away, but it did happen. I think because of what you're talking about that that shattering, as I would call it.
1: So you and Scott in the same dorm together back at the University of Cornfield in what, 1983?
0: Graduated in
1: 94. 94,
0: wow. Yeah. Um, yep. Um, yeah, so, but you know, like, he and I couldn't have this conversation prior to that, just like he and I, just like a lot of guys and I don't have this conversation, back to your yeah. point. Because I think 40 isn't, it's not just like, you know, a zero at the end of this and four decades. It's that that's when we start to face our mortality, to lose our loved ones, right? That's, I think, the magic of 40 is that we have experienced by then you're going to have to have experienced pain or at least been presented with pain, whether or not you choose to experience it, I guess, is yours
1: well and as we talk about how you choose to deal with that pain right in that age many men will start to turn away from family away from marriage into substances to infidelity right that's often those crisis triggers as we start to experience those things and we can choose to adapt to them in an unhealthy way or we can adapt to them in a healthy way in a meaning centered way we can embrace them integrate them realize as we talk about the tragic triad of logotherapy pain guilt and death every human being experiences these but whether we be, you know we, we allow it to become part of our heroic journey and and accept it and grow from it or it becomes part of our our distress of, of midlife crisis and fancy expensive sports cars
0: and young secretaries so so you know coming back to this 40 like what's the magic the secret sauce of 40 I mean, we're, we're, I think we're touching on a lot of it. Here's another one that I've seen in my own life, and now I'm well on the other side of 40, it's only increased, is a physiological change, a biological change, a chemical change, right? Testosterone dropping, thinking clearly. Um, so I think there's a biological, physical, physiological component of this. When you're a 20-something, even into your 30s, right, you're so filled with piss and vinegar and charge forward knighthood kind of stuff. It, it really is hard to get there.
1: It's hard yeah, to get there. it's hard to be. It's hard to be mentally and emotionally clear because we are so physically able at that point. We we, we can't put our energies into everything. And, you know, I, I think we embrace and enjoy the youth of 20 and 30. But, you know, I, I'm i not sure who came up with this colloquialism, but, you know, uh how's that go? Age is wasted on the younger wiz Damn it. How youth is wasted on the young. There we go. Youth is wasted on the young, but, and and that's an idea that, well, they don't have experience. They don't have this clarity of thought at that. We don't have this clarity of thought at that age. It takes, it takes some suffering. It takes some struggle. It takes finding your body breaking down going, Oh, why does that hurt today? Um, to maybe slow down and start to focus on
0: these things. But that's an afternoon of life shift because I mean, even that statement, youth is wasted on the young, that's an that's a morning of life idea. Mm-hmm. Because what I see is people who are in the afternoon of life living by new rules start embracing, you know, these as I call them warrior marks, right? The 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 lines on you know next to your eyes mm-hmm. and the, the the you know the pain in your back or the scar on my hand all are you know this is frankel signs that i have lived that i have faced Mm. that i own that memory that experience and i wouldn't trade it for a pain-free back i wouldn't now i'd like to have a pain-free back and the warrior mark but that's not how it works
1: can't have both and it was interesting that i used one of frankel's quotes on that uh with this gentleman yesterday and it was beautiful to see the light bulb go off above his head right the idea that All of these experiences, our decisions, our sufferings, our failings, our successes, our accomplishments are deposited in the granaries of time. And nothing can take that away from you. Not the finiteness of life, not mistakes in the future. All of those things, all those decisions go into this granary of time and and who we are in the life that we lived. But we have to do, I I think at 40, we have a, a conscious calling to do better,
0: and it's no longer a crisis if you have new goals and new rules, new ways of being in the world. It's, you know, um, Sue Monk Kidd, author, has a book called Something Waiting. I can't the Waiting Heart, maybe, and she uses the analysis or the analogy of a um, uh, of a chrysalis or cocoon and cocooning, right? And yeah, it's a very fragile time, and it can it can either be, end up as death, but it can also be this sort of rebirth. If again, on the other side of it, you have a new way of being in the world. And that doesn't just happen because if you turn on Facebook or if you go to work or if you hang out with your buddies, they're going to be talking about morning of life rules. So how do you find out these new rules and goals? Well, that's that's what we're doing here.
1: No, speaking of Facebook, I was hanging out with my slightly younger brother last week um, and he was talking about, or maybe uh, somebody was talking about a Facebook meme. They saw that. It said this about the the transition from morning to afternoon in life. It said at some point in life, men either learn to have a very in-depth understanding of the history of World War II, or they develop a hobby of multiple smoked meats. And I was <laughs> I'm like, yeah, that's interesting because, you know. not a big fan of of smoked meats these days. You know, I'll I'll cook every once in a while on the grill, but I do have a, a, you know, I love World War II history and the history of psychology that goes along with it. But I think that's almost a diminishing of what we face as men as we make that transition. It it, it does. It's it's humorous. It's kind of cute, but it's very true in this idea that like when we make this transition, most of the time, many of us don't know what the hell to do. And fortunately, you know, we, you and I ran into our well, ran into each other and studies and and you know have looked at these things in depth and maybe, and, and I don't I can't guarantee this, maybe sometimes do it a little bit better, maybe a little more informed, but still not always perfectly. And I think that's why we have come together with Dr. Elise to bring about the Victor Frankel Meaning Academy to do this podcast, to share this information, to call our brothers to to do better at this stage in life.
0: And also not, you know, not by um accidentally we partnered with Elise because we also want to offer women's search for meaning and that it's we understand you know I'm not qualified to um, lead a women's group Elise's, and she can speak to women on their search for meaning and they're very different paths and journeys it doesn't mean there's not a lot of overlap there is But in my experience, running a men's group and seeing a women's group, something magical happens inside of them when they have their brothers or sisters in arms to support them. And so that's why, you know, it's partially why we're creating Men's Search for Meaning and Women's Search for Meaning and creating this this afternoon of life tribe to support each other.
1: Well, be from what i've learned in recent history i am barely qualified to speak to my wife and understand her and certainly unqualified to understand my daughters Um, so i recognize in a professional sense that there is no way i mean i could provide information but you're right there is something special that happens in a group like that and i'm so thankful uh hopefully dr elise is listening to this that we have her on the team to to run a women's search and i am very excited Um, I was just looking at our curriculum this morning, B, and, and looking, talk about two eight holes pulling together this curriculum, what you have written and what I have written. I've never seen two so completely different perspectives that you are asking me to jam together. I am so excited to begin that after recording this and seeing what kind of amalgamation and monstrosity I can put together of our two different kinds of thinkings simultaneously being of the same Enneagram number, and yet so different in the way we want to teach this. I am excited for what we will be able to offer people here in the near future.
0: Well, if a dude who only wears black and another dude who only wears cardigans can work it out in the studio, you can work it out on paper, my friend. You can do this.
1: Black and white and cardigans, uh, black and white shirts and cardigans can coexist in the same podcast. We're not sure they can coexist in the same world. We will have to try to bring them together live at some point.
0: Well, we're we're excited. I'm excited, and this you know this um, podcast topic sort of emerged out of the ethers. But I think it really sums up what we're doing, where we're at, and where we're going, which is to create a college for the afternoon of life, so we can formally have this come have these conversations and do this work together. And, and I know I speak for both of us when I and I say it's you and I are. In the tribe, doing the work with everybody else.
1: And we promise you, in this college for 40 year olds, you will not have to read Jung yourself because it is just so hard, just so hard to dive into that we will translate and offer it for you, but along with some great uh franklin psychology logotherapy meaning every all this stuff that we talk about all the time we are very excited to bring it to you in a in a six i believe we're going with a 24 week six month format jumping in your journey through meaning to find out more about that hop on over to the meaningacademy.com you can sign up for our semi-regular newsletter whenever it comes out but we will certainly be having updates there you can find out more about what b and i are up to individually on that website because we have links to all of our information uh that's you know and, and if you are of a uh female out there who wants to learn more about dr elise and what she'll be doing her information is there as well so the mini uh in the meantime I don't know any place else they should check out or just keep coming back to the meaning academy and the defiant spirit and the meaning project podcast which we'll post this in all those places.
0: Yeah, and you can just uh, go to the meaningacademy.com and find all three of our links there so that's probably the easiest thing to do. And we will just continue on this conversation for men, for women, for men and women and stay tuned for meaning, purpose and resilience ahead. Thanks brother.
1: Hey man. AB hey, I love you, man.
0: I love you, too. Thank you. you. You've been listening to the Meaning Academy podcast with your hosts, Dr. Daniel Franz and Dr. Baruch Halevi. If you found meaning in what you've heard, please leave us a five-star review and be sure to share this with fellow meaning seekers. And don't forget to check us out at themeaningacademy.com, where you can learn how to join our weekly virtual and complimentary meaning masterminds. Until the next time, get out there and live your purpose and discover your meaning.